they weren't just talking about President Trump. They were talking about all of the things that had happened in the Republican Party over the last four years. Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast live stream on another Sunday evening, a Valentine's Day evening. Welcome to one and all. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, happy Chinese New Year. Chin Yin Kuila, as they say, I think. Sounds about right. I think so. That's mm-hmm. the Mandarin version. Yeah. That voice and face that you see next to me is, is beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Number one mm-hmm. is my dear uh, friend and love and podcasting partner, Matt Lieb. You've seen him on Good Mythical Morning, News Broke, and Pod Yourself a Gun, which has just started its fourth season. Just started. Season four started, and our first guest was the lead singer of the 90s band Eve Six. Very cool. Very cool. Max um, Collins, shout out to you. Uh, thank you so much for plugging yourself so hard at the top. I mean, it's what you know, lovers do. Wh- what lovers do is they support each other's art uh-huh. and podcasts. They podcast when they should be just hanging out. Also, yeah. I'm like deathly warm right now. Yeah, you made a mistake of wearing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know I what that is. I but... tried to dress up and look nice, mm-hmm. and it's corduroy. Yes, that's and what it's it is. not cold in. That in the house. No. Also, Matt Lieb, my love and partner, um, mm-hmm. keeps the house at just a steady 75. Yes. And uh, like he's was born and raised in LA and cannot deal with anything. 75 degrees is the perfect degrees. That's the thing about most human beings, is we're supposed to be in <laughs> 75 degree weather. And it's it's healthy. It's just it's a healthy weather. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. I'm ignoring that whatever that was sort of um, pseudoscience from an Angelino. I'm just saying. Um, I hope everyone is good. I hope this is like your like pre or post coital routine. Wow, is that what you hope? You hope, you hope that people smash that first they first they, they smash, smash and then they smash that subscribe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a double smash. Speaking of which, oh my God, if you haven't subscribed to, uh, what, where are we? The Bituation Room podcast on my channel, Franny Fio. You should. If you're on Twitch, thank you so much. You can become a subscriber, get access to all the, the emotes that are there, um, and make sure you're liking the stream right now. And hey, if you're listening in the future, make sure you give the podcast a five-star review. Five-star review. Um, that super helps us and thank you everyone for your reviews i read every single one of them you guys um she really does i do yeah in bed at night and i cry and she cries sometimes i laugh sometimes i cry isn't that a song no sometimes i cry (laughs) (laughs) when i read the podcast reviews yeah okay yeah, it's a, definitely a song. Isn't it Britney? I'm so warm. <laughs> yeah, well, you made a mistake. Don't take it off. I know it's Valentine's Day, but that's just for me. I know, I know. That's not for everyone else. Okay. That's for me. You guys, okay. it's. I know we are giving off the appearance that everything's fine and we're actually happy, um, but in fact, our democracy is in shambles. Yeah, no, those are that's bad. And it's been a rough week. It was funny because I didn't mention the impeachment last week at all. Like we didn't talk about it at all. And then a week later, it's like, oh well, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's an what's the insurrectionist version of wham bam, thank you, ma'am? Like, um, 
Yeah, I boom, guess. bow, authoritarianism now. Like, yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, premature uh, erect insurrectionation. I can't, I tried it. I did my best. Premature, oh, like. I was oh. trying to do a premature ejaculation joke yeah. and then made an insurrection, but I realized it's an erection joke and not an insurrection yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, And it just doesn't work. It's fine. Not everything's going to be perfect, people. All right? <sighs> We're not perfect. It's not about us today. It's about. The democracy. Yes, it's or, about democracy and the impeachment. You. Obviously, this was the second time Trump got impeached, and we are yep. looking at the, you know, the the ins and outs and all of it with uh, the what have you, the what have yous with Eugene Daniels of Politico. He is a correspondent. He's a writer. He's awesome. I'm excited to hear from a from a, a perspective of someone inside the belly of the beast, so mm. to speak, inside D.C. All up in them guts. Gross. Can I know. you not? I'm sorry. It's Valentine's Day. I can't not think of sex. You can't not be romantic. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Mm. Uh, so thank you guys all for being here. It's uh, We're going to get into, uh, we got lots of good clips. Great clips. And then we're going to have a final segment about, uh, we we're bringing back a segment, sort of a fan fave, or I don't know my fave, which is yeah. my sources say looking forward to 2024 and Trump hmm. and what we think will come out of this political moment. Cause it's a pretty important moment. Also, you can become a patron of this show and you can get access, early access to all of our bonus episodes, which my 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 love over here, Matt Lieb, often joins me on. We uh, try to do them as much as possible. And for the people who have become a patron, thank you so much. You can go to patreon.com slash room to join. You can support the show. The show is a scrappy little labor of love. I do every single Sunday dedicated me to you. It's my big Valentine's. Yeah. Um, and people should know, because I don't think you you never say this uh, on the show. Uh -huh. So no one knows this. But you spend literally all of Sunday uh, on working on this show. Yeah. Sundays are off limits now. Like if we want to go visit my nieces, I can't do Sundays. If we want to, you know, my parents' house, want to go to the beach, can't do Sundays, can't do Sundays. Uh, I go golfing. I'm a great partner. That's what I do on Sundays. It's just my, it's our <laughs> it's my alone day. So I go golfing. So she works all day for you people. And that is why that's you need why to you become need to, a to Patreon help. right now. Yes. Patreon.com slash situation room. And thank you to the people who become patrons at $10 or more. You get a shout out. Here we go. Cool song. It's a great song. Kevin McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Kevin M, Renee F, and Farhad R for becoming part of the innermost cabal. Farhad, thank you. Everyone, thank Farhad in the comments with a little, with a little like poopy emoji, not a poop emoji, but you know what I mean. Um, and also, thank you to the big tippers $10 or more at TBR Live on Venmo or TBR Live on Cash App. George H., Haya S., and Edgar C. over every week. Edgar, you've been so generous. So thank you so much. And everyone, please become a patron. Patreon.com slash situation room. Have I said that enough? We got is, 10 more seconds of this song. This and if there really were more patrons. What do you mean getting to you? I mean, it's just like... Like it, it's finding its way into your heart and finds, soul? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it slaps. We all know that. Obviously. But second of all, it's also that many fart sounds after a while, your your body, there's a reaction to it where... Um, 
you kind of want to. Did you to. just let one squeak out? No, I've been holding it in, and I will hold it in for the <laughs> remainder of the show, but I'm letting everyone know. Matt's going to be backed up the whole show, and I'm just going to be sweaty the mm-hmm. whole show, and I hope everyone in the future appreciates this. Yeah, labor of love. You know, we usually start off this show with a what are you bitching about, and I've decided to forego mm. that segment. Fair. Because, one, I don't want to hear you, you know, again, you know. This Valentine's Day, well, let's a, not. Okay, fine. I mean, I had a lot to say about uh, the new Justice League trailer and the fact that the Joker's in it, but <laughs> That's right. to, literally Jared Leto's Joker said you, no, verbatim, yep. we live in a society and I can't get over it. I mean, it's 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 ironic. It's it, then see the thing is is that then Matt tried to explain the meme to me. I couldn't even and explain. it was like 15 minutes of like oh, so, oh, and it ended with, I'm not even joking, it ended with oh, memes are actually really hard to explain. <laughs> 15 minutes is not even that long of a time. I had to explain I can have cheeseburger cats to you for an okay, hour. I was out of the country when I can has cheeseburger was a thing. She doesn't understand all cats. Funny. She looks at them. She goes, a cat would never say that. And I'm like, that's not the point. That's I not. like cats. I don't get that meme. She loves cats. She does not understand lol cats. There's so much to bitch about. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, on this uh, Hallmark-induced love holiday that makes those who are single somehow feel Ad mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. makes people who are with someone feel like if they don't have a diamond, then they're a piece of shit. Yeah. But this is going to come out in the future, in addition to being in the present. <laughs> no, but but there's so much to get into. I really want to talk about the impeachment. I've wanted to go live multiple times this week, and I was like, nah, save it for Sunday. But there's other stories that are happening, so I figured just dive into those. Yeah. We'll skip to the week where, mm-hmm. and let's talk about three of my favorite stories that happened this week that don't have to do with the impeachment, but I'm sure Matt and I will have plenty to bitch about. This is the week where. This was the week where President Joe Biden has been in office for a month, almost a month, and yet stays not calling Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. And Bibi has been saying, will you be my Valentine? That's a good, that's a good Bibi Netanyahu voice slash Buffalo Bill. A little bit of Buffalo at the end. (laughs) Will you be my Valentine? Was she a great big Palestinian person? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there are many reasons why Joe Biden... Would you occupy me? I'd occupy me. (laughs) I'd occupy me so hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> he does have the most devilish sounding He's voice. Absolutely the Buffalo Bill of the Middle East. I know we shouldn't. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> I know, like, whatever, like, appearances, the way people sound, but but BB's voice scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It's so low and mm-hmm. and and like Precious. <laughs> Precious. Give me back my fucking dog. Give me back my land. <laughs> Settled. Anyway, the point mm-hmm. is, is that there's a couple reasons why Joe Biden might not have called Bibi yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Netanyahu openly d- expressed disrespect or disrespected former President Barack Obama speaking before Congress without informing the president, mm-hmm. then president. Right. Uh, Biden wants to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal. Mm-hmm. And Bibi's trying to convince the United States not to. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Netanyahu is a huge Trump supporter, was the first one to call Trump in 2016 to congratulate him mm-hmm. and even named an illegal settlement in Syria's Golan Heights after Trump, where I'm sure Trump will start developing luxury apartheidments. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
You're reading them as they're coming. Yeah, I am, but I, I, was, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's a good joke. <laughs> can't, can't wait for her to say it. No, that is good. I mean, here's the thing about apartheid. It, it makes total sense that Trump would be uh, just handed uh, someone else's land. You know what I mean? Because he's literally never earned anything for himself. That's how ever everything else is. Literally happened. everything in his life has been someone has handed him something. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Espe yes. Property, especially. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I just feel like, you know, it's Valentine's Day. We have to talk about how needy of a lover Netanyahu is, you know, like. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> like, girl, we give you plenty of money. We spend time with you when we can. Just stop sweating us all the time. Okay. You can't call us at home. Mm -hmm. We got a family. We have a wife and children. <laughs> like, I love that he's the mistress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is. We have to pretend to be in love with, you know, mm -hmm. this country. Uh the administration, though, of course, the Biden administration swears it's not a snub, but that Biden has already called, let's not forget, China. Mm -hmm. Mexico, mm -hmm. the United Kingdom, mm -hmm. India, France, Germany, Japan, a lot of South Korea, Russia, not Israel, not Israel or Saudi Arabia. Damn. Like the sort of tag team bullies of the Middle East, as yeah. I call them. And just so you understand, Saudi leaders, if you're listening, let me explain. It's like Biden is chopping up his attention into smaller pieces mm -hmm. and distributing it around. You know, yeah. like you can understand that, right? Right, guys? Remember when you chopped? That journalist. No, no, you didn't have to explain okay. it. Anyone who watches your show is very familiar with what you're all talking right, about. All right, all right. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's you know, I'm curious what you make of this. It 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 doesn't really mean that much. Yeah. But it also anything that's not like a full like you know open embrace like let us like nuzzle our little you know beaks next to one another. I don't know. I'm yeah. imagining like puffins making out. <laughs> You know, like nature documentaries where yeah. they're just like, <laughs> like between the U.S. and Israel, if that doesn't happen if, immediately, if it, yeah. it's always like, oh, my God, uh -huh. we're anti-Israel. Yeah, right. If it's not two uh, sea otters just holding hands <laughs> and just like wading down the water on their backs, then it's like anti-Semitism is happening. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the problem is, is that... Uh, it doesn't mean anything because uh, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but has, hasn't has Biden gone on the record saying that he's not going to be um, moving the U.S. Embassy from Jerusalem? Yeah. And so and that, you know, I'm not, it's very symbolic. I'm not sure tangibly how much that changes. It, it it's, it's symbolic. It is and it isn't. I mean, it is incredibly important. I mean, it is, it would also be symbolic for, uh, you know, Palestinians as just a, a symbol of solidarity uh, and to kind of show the U.S. at the very least turning a page away from the hyper right wing uh, neo-fascism of Trump yeah. uh, to just move it back to Tel Aviv. Uh, so to me, I look at that and I go like this. It, it was a symbolic move to move it there by the Trump administration. It would be a symbolic move to move it back. Absolutely. And Especially since that, he's, uh, he's undoing so much of Trump's legacy anyway right, yeah it's like this is easy yeah just move it back yeah i mean it, it and so to me i look at the the snub and i go like i think a lot of people are happy to make a mountain out of a molehill here just yes. to make it seem like just to carry on the you know the completely a factual slur that democrats hate israel even though democrats are the, uh, like the vast majority of the democratic establishment supports israel 
at every turn. It's basically so. like if you come up for air after like Sniff being so far up BB Netanyahu's ass. Sorry. <laughs> like that that scene is a snub. Yeah, it's like, like I just wanted a breather. Yeah, like, I just nope. wanted some oxygen. And she's like, wow. But you, you know you don't want to live inside of my colon. Wow. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that you hated the Jewish people. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? But I mean, th this is the thing, like even under Obama, where like arguably there was the most daylight put between U.S. foreign policy and Israeli foreign policy, yeah. there was still crazy collusion between, you know, whether it was against the Iran nuclear program uh -huh, uh -huh. or whether it was, you know, Obama was on paper against settlements, which I think is really important. But the settlements continued and we didn't withhold any yeah, there's nothing, uh, funding. We didn't do anything. We I didn't think do anything about it. And so Biden, is mm -hmm. reinstating number one the trump administration cut all funds to the palestinian authority so this you know this is huge right like via the un uh the palestinian authority and palestinian people receive a lot of necessary aid from the united states trump cut that yeah biden's reinstating that um and uh, and the other thing that happened that was not even a thing was that secretary of state blinken basically was like well the goal on heights is it's a matter of legality, but it's also a matter of security. A little bit like, yeah. look, it isn't a, he basically was saying it's an illegal occupation, but it's also necessary for Israel's security, as he put it. Which, Ergo, nothing's going to happen. And of course, all of the right wingers and including Israeli press was like, oh my God, you know, how dare he. How, how dare he say the factual thing that it is an illegal occupation of someone else's land and right. that's like the the crazy thing is like he basically said in that sentence in the most diplomatic fashion well we're okay with apartheid uh on these grounds yeah. um yeah, we're okay with occupation on these grounds uh security grounds which is the same bullshit that you know uh south white south african uh people spewed during apartheid oh our security um so he's right. saying yeah no i know it's bad but we're still gonna let them do it and of course, the right wing takes it and runs with it. They just go, yeah. uh, wow, I can't believe you just said You're it was anti. bad. Yeah. I can't believe you said it was bad. So we will for sure dig in more uh, to uh, the Israel Palestine ongoing conflict and the occupation. We haven't done that yet on this show, and then we need to. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about it with Linda a little bit, Linda Sarsour. Yeah. But um, great episode. You should check it out. It was a good one. Was very good. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Second story I thought you guys might wanna might wanna could talk about. Mm -hmm. This was the week where Mandalorian star and former MMA fighter Gina Carano was mm. fired by Lucasfilm or Disney, or this they're the same thing. Same thing. Um, for a a social media post that compared holding conservative political viewpoints to being a Jew in Nazi Germany uh, in the greatest misreading of the Holocaust since I skimmed Anne Frank while I was stoned in high school. Like, <laughs> this post comes on top of other uh, posts that she's done. And, and I'm just trying to think of how you could misread it. <laughs> like, you're reading it and you're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So they're on, like, vacation or... <laughs> I'm sorry, afraid? I'm stoned. Is she, like... Is it is who's this Peter guy? Is this like a bumble date? And it's like, no, dude, this is the 40s. <laughs> I imagined me reading it. It's obviously a joke, but I imagine me reading it upside down, like woof. Yeah. Well, you know, you when you were stoned in high school, you mostly just read books upside yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, that's all I did. Oh my god, yeah. didn't you ever just get stoned and, and read books in high school? That's what the cool kids did. Totally. 
never. <laughs> um, okay, so this post comes on top of other things she has posted uh, that have done things like mocked the mask mandate during this global pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, mocked pronouns, and she's peddled false 2020 election conspiracies because she's a huge Trump supporter. Um, so this is not the first, but this was the the thing. And it was the latest was in the a latest. long run of right wing kind of like dog whistles that she was doing on her social media feeds. Right. Now, some people have said, including uh, this author, Jonathan Chait for the New York magazine, that like she's being blacklisted for her political views and that what she posted wasn't anti-Semitic. And I just want to talk because I feel like we have to talk about what actually was posted mm -hmm. and, and read it. So I just want to read it to you what she posted. She wrote, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers. This is not what she wrote. She shared this meme. Excuse me. Right. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children, because history is edited. And most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Can I first say? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Nobody. Sorry. Nobody's. Nobody's arguing to round up anybody right now. Anyway, go go ahead. Can I? Well, can I first say that? Um, you couldn't first say. I had to first say. No, anyway. I will know. Can I? Can I second <laughs> say? Can you second say? Yeah. Can I second say? Oh, first of all, I mean, it was blatantly offensive because it was so ridiculous. I mean, you're not you're born Jewish or you convert to Judaism. Um, you know, when it comes to a political belief like being a right winger or whatnot, it's like, uh, you're not born a right winger. All right. I'm sorry. You're just not. And then also, uh, you know, political beliefs actually had zero to do. It didn't matter if you were a conservative Jew, right? you know, you were still rounded up. So obviously, you know, we don't need to get into like debunking it, but the weird thing about it is, um, in the post they wrote, uh, because history is edited, edited. Most people don't, today don't realize that to get sh to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. Um, that part of history is not edited. I don't know what, like to me, because history is edited is such a strange thing to put in there because you immediately in your post about how anti-Semitism is the same thing as when you hate someone for liking Ben Shapiro posts, like you, you added a little bit of like, the, but there's a secret cabal out there that wants you to believe. Yeah, that, but it's like, it, but no, but also I think for me, the problem with that line, yeah. The problem with that line, number one, yes, who's editing history? Yeah, what are you talking about? Number two, the government made people hate. Well, the government was a Third Reich, wasn't it? The government was, yeah. were not, like, the Nazis and, were the ones and doing they that. Were, and also, they were not, so, uh, they weren't in power the whole time. Like, Nazism had to gain power. That's the other thing. Like, this idea that it's like, well, you know, then the government had to. It's like, yeah, you're, t you're talking about. Well, it's about like the big government. Mm hmm a court we're really following their logic yeah, to a it's, stupid degree it's, it's, it's but not it's a like, smart thing to try to follow their exactly, logic it's like, but let's well, do the it the government created a, an, an environment where we couldn't persecute jews so then we did no no i think it like, was i mean it's just it's cuz let, let's be real who is on the side of like the fascists fucking trump guys mm -hmm. like right like trump 
is a Nazi wannabe. Trump, his ex-wife said he had Mein Kampf on his on bedside table. Like, yeah. let's let's talk about who the actual Nazis are if you're trying to make parallels I mean, if we're, to we're, today. If we're going to talk about, like, rounding up people and having neighbors reporting neighbors for things, like, uh, what the fuck was going on with ICE for the last four years, right? I mean, what was, was going on uh, at the border where people were being put in cages, where the government was literally giving people license to... Do yeah. citizens arrests on people? Ask for papers on people? Yeah. When's like, the last time that we anyone was citizens arrested? I mean, it took fucking four hours for like forty people at the Capitol to be arrested yeah. for storming it. All Trump supporters. Yeah. Like, um, it, it just, I think we're going out of our way to be very, very calm with anyone who's a conservative. Yeah. Um. So it's a ridiculous post. It's completely. a ridiculous post, and do you think it's anti-Semitic? Is an interesting question. I think it is. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I think it's anti-Semitic because in general, um, people like to put whatever struggle that they're currently going through into like the frame of Hitler or Holocaust. People do it on the internet all the time. And I don't think that necessarily that is always an anti-Semitic thing. Um, I do think though, that if your particular ideology is that of fascism or is that the, the exact same ideology that the Nazis uh, ascribe to, subscribe to, Mm -hmm. uh, then, uh, yeah, it is anti-Semitic because you're literally using, uh, you're using the logic of the Holocaust to try to make yourself into a victim, even though it is your literal uh, ideology that killed 6 million Jews in the Holocaust. So, yeah. so like to me, it's just, it's a slap in the face to anyone who has survivors in their family or who has like, uh, or who just gives a shit or knows what the Holocaust was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and let's be real. This is not the first post, anti-Semitic post that she's made. I just mm -hmm. want to share this cartoon that she also reposted. Um, let me see where, where that at. Here we are. Oh, boy. So she posted this a while back. Um, all we have to do is stand up and their little game is over. And so if you can't see this and if you're listening, it's basically a Monopoly board being held up by what? The backs of backs uh, of what seem to be they like seem to be people of color. Like I think they're just bald people. They're just bald. Pe I don't know. It's weird. They're like very svelte. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. And on the Monopoly board is like a bunch of like whiskey gold, and money and gold, gold and a gold and bars and a diamond a, a skull a skull and the people who are in this picture so i was looking through it and it is rocker david rockefeller who apparently there's like a conspiracy that he is jewish um <laughs> there's uh george God soros over to the left over to the right excuse uh -huh. me almost almost to the right the two in the middle are the rothschilds mm. um and then there's like a former secretary of uh national security who's jewish and then over on the right is this um another jewish billionaire yeah um uh nikki oppenheimer oh so this this if this shit <laughs> this this is some anti-semitic shit like that i mean, should have let you known already do you have to have one of the guys literally just holding a diamond like come <laughs> on man like like it's so on the nose people like it, i understand that like you hate jews but like have a little class you know like these guys are just so obvious with their anti-semitism and yeah she posted that she so she posted that and that didn't get her fired and so look like i definitely felt like there was something weird about her i'm just gonna i liked mandalorian but i was also like what is what something's gonna happen with this person 
Interesting. You know, and I couldn't tell if it was because she was just like a bad actor mm -hmm. or but I felt like she definitely felt like a person who like, let's not scratch the surface because I feel like she's going to have some really reactionary takes about the empire. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. going to be like, you know, like the force is a mutation that you get when you get vaccines. You know? like, <laughs> like what? You know, like, you know what I mean? The You're government like puts metachlorians in your blood to track you. <laughs> Just like straight up, like QAnon Star Wars energy <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so it, it always felt like okay, the, the Mandalorian and her. It's like a relationship of convenience. You know, she's some muscle. Okay, but don't don't talk politics in the downtime. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, definitely um, not. But I also want to just say, like uh, the uh, the other part to this is that she has a new movie deal um, with none other. Then Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire. That's right. She's going to be, Gina Carano is going to be uh, starring and uh, producing and directing. I don't know what she's probably going to have to do at all. Because mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about the Daily Wire staffing. Mm -hmm. She's going to have a, a Ben Shapiro produced film, um, which is just so perfect. It's like, you know, in his little safe space. And here, I imagine, his safe space is Austin, by the way. And I imagine going something like this, you know, like, in a world where your memes have been silenced, where you can't call the cops anymore because you'll get canceled. One woman answers the call for justice for the injustice that's in your mind. It's Super Karen. I don't know. It's definitely Super Karen. <laughs> Fuck you. Pumped and politically incorrect. She'll rescue you and doesn't care what your pronoun is, unlike the EMT. It's very good. <laughs> Oh. Can you imagine like someone calls the EMT and they're like, okay, but what's your pronoun? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. and then they die. Yeah, right. And yeah. then Super Karen comes and she saves you. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's not politically correct. Yeah, she's the yeah the the non politically correct superhero. Just, just <laughs> I only save people who are white and then they fly away. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think you're a supervillain, Karen. I mean, it is. Mm, we won't talk about this now, but I do feel like all superheroes are low-key fascist. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but I mean, Super it's... Karen definitely is. Um, the last thing I'll say is I think that, you know, conservatives, this whole, like, using the Holocaust as a, as a reason to make themselves out to be the victims is, like, so perfect uh, when it comes to, like, the right's ideology about themselves. You mm -hmm. know, like... yeah you know, like the persecution complex. They yeah. want to be persecuted so bad. Like, I feel like Ben Shapiro's kink is just for a police officer to actually put him in a chokehold. You know, like <laughs> he would come immediately. Yeah. That's why he, he's like, I don't know why they ban chokeholds. That shit makes me come so he's hard. Like, oh, I just want to feel oppressed. Oh, thick ropes. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, oh my God. No, I'm sorry, but it is just like, it's so perfect that, you know, she immediately got a job with the right wing because it's like, it's just, it's the social safety net for right wingers. Like they are against a welfare state except for themselves. You know what I mean? So as soon as you get canceled, there's a nice little right wing social safety net oh, yeah. of, of just you. like, hey, we're a bunch of right wing grievance grifters. And we'll we'll give you money just to talk about how uh, how aggrieved you are. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's most of YouTube. Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. Just last thing on this, uh, this senator wanted to weigh in. 
Oh, God. Ted Cruz wrote, Texan Gina Carano broke barriers in the Star Wars universe. Not a princess, not a victim, not some emotionally tortured Jedi. She's played a woman who kicked ass and who girls looked up to. She was instrumental in making Star Wars fun again. Of course, Disney canceled her. You know what's really funny about, <laughs> about all this? Um, someone was showing uh, online, they're like, here's a fun game. Go to every right-wing, like, comic book uh there's a lot of right-wing comic book twitter uh accounts that uh -huh. exist it mm -hmm. sounds crazy and youtube channels look at what they're saying right now about uh her situation and now just go back about two years to what they said when uh her first episode appeared and it's always just like oh star wars is getting sjw having a strong woman on right? here yeah. right and, yeah because they were they were all against her at the beginning, because they were just like, oh, there has to be a woman in Star Wars. And then as soon as she gets canceled, they're like, you know, it is just, it is McCarthyism, dude. <laughs> it's absolutely McCarthy. They're, all of a sudden, they're a bunch of fucking intellectuals because, like, they have something that they can <laughs> latch onto as part of their aggrievement politics. That's, that's so perfect. Also, I love, my favorite part of that tweet is just Ted Cruz being like, emotionally tortured Jedi. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that was the problem. That's the problem with mm -hmm. the Jedi's is that they're too emotional. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We just need a strong woman who's not emotional and mm -hmm. not hysterical. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Ray it was so hysterical, yeah. and that—that's yeah. where your weakness is, is because you just look inward too much. That's where the force is, bitch. I just love you can't even be not misogynistic when you're trying to praise a woman in Star Wars. <laughs> you're just like, I have to throw a little bit of misogyny in of there. Of course. You know? <sighs> anyway, yeah. that's hilarious. Okay, final story. This was the week where we learned that Donald Trump was, in fact, much sicker with COVID-19 than originally reported. Shocker. No way. Crazy. Even though Trump's thought. physician, Dr. Sean P. Conley, repeatedly downplayed the concerns about uh, Mr. Trump's condition, apparently his blood oxygen levels were so low there was a consideration that he needed to be on a ventilator mm -hmm. according to unnamed sources familiar with the diagnosis turns out though that he had enough air doctors just hadn't considered that after speaking out of his ass for so long he was also able to breathe out of it boom it's like a blowhole for the blowhards <laughs> baby roasted <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I just got him. Why why couldn't why couldn't he have died? Why couldn't he have died? Are we allowed to say that? Are you allowed to wish death upon ex-presidents? I feel like once they're not presidents anymore. Look, he's already been impeached. I just know that the third impeachment trial. Death. It's just a question. The third impeachment trial, they're definitely gonna bring up all of my clips from this show, from my stand-up routine I where I talk about my mom wanting to assassinate the president. No, no, you have to be specific here. She didn't want to assassinate the president. She just thought it was a good idea she just if someone else did. Someone's has to someone has yeah that was the word that's different someone has to and it was her mom it was my mom my mom is a very sweet woman yeah you have she's to not an mma fighter no she's not she just looked at the situation and very soberly was like somebody has to kill him. <laughs> but okay. 78 year old woman this this is just like obviously we knew he wasn't he was sicker obviously he was struggling to breathe 
it makes me so mad that I lost an uncle, but Chris Christie is still alive. Unbelievable. Whatever Regeneron or Remdes, I mean, whatever medicine that they got, that mm -hmm. they rammed through the FDA process to help them and theirs, mm -hmm. not one Trump official, not one Trump official, Herman Cain, mm. poor Herman Cain, the one dude. Yeah. One guy. Yeah. Um, But this is also a horrible, like, bizarre moment in this pandemic history. You guys are spending our Valentine's Day indoors. Again. Some people are outside because, like, I guess it's okay to eat out in restaurants now, but not. But but there's a new variant. And so double mask, but eat outside. But uh, no, what? Like, but deaths are going down. But cases are going up. But, like, it's just so... This week, the CDC is also saying that we should use double masks. That's the new thing mm -hmm. um, because there is this new UK variant that's been found in a bunch of countries, including the United States. It's apparently way more contagious, questionably more le lethal. Cool. Sick. Guys, sick. this is so um, sick. This is where we are. I think Carlos Maza tweeted out like a Camus uh, quote about like the banality of the pandemic, maybe the banality of like the Spanish flu. Oh man. And yeah. Banal. Everything's so banal. Yeah. I mean, if there's nothing, there's nothing worse than banality. Yeah. I know, but it is it's very banal. Yeah. It is straight up banal. <laughs> not going to go there. I know. You're, don't go I there. I know you're trying to get me to go there. No, I'm, I'm not. not I'm not trying to go, you can go anywhere. Talk about, all right. Banal sex. All right. We're just, I'll go. Matt, how many times? This is not your podcast. It's not. It's not. Are you hot too? It is so hot. It's so there. warm. Yeah. It's very warm. You're wearing corduroy. I know. You guys, we're talking about the impeachment, the highs, the lows, the what the fuck happens, the why weren't there witnesses from someone who's knows, someone who's in, in the seat of power, very close to it. <laughs> you guys, this is The Sitch. And joining us for the sitch, he's a playbook author and White House correspondent with a focus on Vice President Kamala Harris, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden, and sec the second gentleman, and emerging power players in Washington. Since joining Politico in 2018, he's covered the midterms, the Democratic presidential primary, and the general election through print, video journalism, and podcasts. Please welcome Eugene Daniels. Hello. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Oh, thank God. Someone <laughs> other... And this, Excuse me! Wow, this just what a walking. what a fun what a fun little throuple Valentine's Day date. That I had. <laughs> Such a fun first throuple. one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first throuple too. Yes, I yes. know. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I wish we were talking about something more, um, you know, sexy than yeah. <laughs> impeachment. The impeachment conviction. You know, acquittals are sexy. Yeah, there for somebody. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is interesting, though, Eugene, and I'm not sure how you read this or how it read in your circles, but this this whole week has actually been like pretty good television. And one of the first things that was like criticized from the first impeachment when it was when it was like Trump putting the squeeze on Ukraine to dig up dirt about Biden is people, including the media, was like, this is boring. <laughs> it was kind of boring, right? The first one was boring mm -hmm. because it was like a lot of, like we didn't have a lot of video. We didn't, you know, and so this one, we got to see a lot of speeches. We saw people busting through the Capitol. So it was a little mm -hmm. bit more exciting. And I think that 
um, it seemed like that you know people were talking about how high the ratings were, which is yeah. a weird thing to talk about when it's about yeah. impeaching a president. It's like a very important kind of like thing that we're supposed to keep high. Um, mm -hmm. But no, we in the media were able to bring it down low to just like think about how many people are watching this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the numbers. <laughs> Look at the numbers. That's sort of why we were talking about how when the media was grilling the Democratic leaders, the impeachment managers for why they didn't bring witnesses, I, you kind of felt like they were like, but we. We, we just wanted to cover this for another week. Biden's so boring. You know, like, everything's so normal now. Exactly. They, they The Biden, because I, you know, I covered the White House, so they have been, every time you try to get them off message, they're still very early on, but they're like, they give you the same talking points. I'm like, but literally on January 19th, you were giving me such good quotes. What happened to that? And so mm -hmm. they are very, they are bringing boring back. And so people Ugh. in the media are looking for something else all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I'm like so excited to be bored by this administration. At least, you know, just like I'm excited for the lack of harm to be done. So hopefully, maybe a silver lining of all this is that COVID relief can happen sooner. I know I want to talk about that later, but but just like I I don't know how to exactly jump into this whole conversation, but I do want to talk about the defense because yeah. it was very funny to watch <laughs> i think um so if you guys hadn't been watching and there was a lot to watch and it was actually pretty good there was a few lawyers we you know juries out on whether they're get, they'll get paid or not <laughs> they um, will not get paid <laughs> i think that's foregone you can conclusion put this on your resume yeah. <laughs> um they did it for the exposure you know it's just like most instagram jobs it's just like well look at how many followers you're getting let me just say that they, whatever future job they're hoping to get, like they're not gonna get it because no. it was bad. Yeah, even right wing media was like, "What are you? What the fuck are you guys doing?" Right, but okay. So of the many things, there was. It was so ridiculous that eventually, I don't know if y'all saw, there were like minutes and minutes of montages of Democrats saying words like "fight." Madonna made it in. Madonna. The video. Johnny Depp made it in. Really? Yeah. It was Johnny, a little strange. Johnny Depp going like, "Has an actor ever killed a president before?" <laughs> Literally. No, actually. So drunk. Yeah. Like, like so, just like just Hollywood. Anyone who used the word "fight," anyone. It's the least offensive thing that he that has been uncovered that he has said. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen his text messages about Amber Heard? Holy fuck! Um, yeah, no, exactly. It was like really Johnny Depp. Yeah. But yeah. okay, so it was there was all kinds of defenses that it was Trump's First Amendment right to incite violence, even though the First Amendment doesn't uh, protect the incitement of violence. Um, that. BLM was worse. Of course, there was a giant uh, uh, sort montage. of montage dedicated to the violence that happened over the summer. Um, but I just want to play a few things and then Eugene, get your thoughts on the defense generally. Here's some uh, choice moments that that I <laughs> highlighted for everybody. The fact that the attacks were apparently premeditated, as alleged by the House managers, demonstrates the ludicrousness of the incitement allegation against the president. You can't incite what was already going to happen. This trial is about far more than President Trump. It is about silencing and banning the speech the majority does not agree with. 
It is about canceling 75 million Trump voters. It asks for constitutional cancel culture to take over in the United States Senate. These depositions should be done in person, in my office, in Philadelphia. That's where they should be done. Are they laughing at it? They are! What? what an interesting way to say Philadelphia. Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, and he's from there, I think? Like, yeah, he has an office there? Yeah, do uh, you actually have an office? Right. Have you ever heard of where you're from? <laughs> that was rough. No, that was that was rough. I mean, the thing, like the one right off the top mm-hmm. about, you know, they said it was premeditated. So, you know, President Trump couldn't have done it. The point that, you know, House Democrat, the, the impeachment managers have been making, people have been making for months, is that it wasn't just January 6th that what President Trump said on January 6th. It was everything up until that point, including... Right. Like, you know, the Iowa caucuses when he yeah. lost to Ted Cruz and said that it was stolen, right? He's been doing this for years. Right. And so if there was at no point have, did the House impeachment managers say anything about just January 6th being the point. It was about all of it um, at any point. And as Republicans kind of either signed off on that, you know, after the election or started parroting those same exact things. Um, yeah. So it wasn't that that part of it never made a whole bunch of sense. No, no. But then again, like, I do feel like they could have just had a seal barking at a diagram for seven hours as a defense. And as long as it was wearing a pinstripe suit, (laughs) got to be pinstripe. They would have voted to acquit. Like, that'd be it. It was like, you know, it made some good points Mm -hmm. in between eating the fish Mm -hmm. uh, and just like, you know, uh, (laughs) going over and hugging. Mitch McConnell because I mean, it, it saw its own kind. Did you see how long it it, it bounced the the ball <laughs> on its nose? Well, Republicans were really hoping, and that's why on Monday it was really bad, right? Bruce yeah. Castor, he was kind of the first one that went up there, and he talked for like forty minutes, yeah, and it made zero sense. It was no wild. One, no one thought it made any sense, and so yeah. You know, you know, when you're reporting, you're watching these things, you're like, wait, am I dumb? What is happening yeah. <laughs> on screen? And so, like, none of that made sense. We were getting text messages from Republicans who were like, oh, we're screwed because they were really hoping and depending on the defense to give them cover. Right. They yeah. know they knew how they wanted to vote and they just needed like a good argument. And so yeah. after Monday, they kind of got it together a little bit more, um, whether you agree with how what they came out with. And so. Um, senators were coming, Republican senators were coming out. They were like, the prosecution was destroyed today. And that after when they said premeditated, right? So like there were all these moments where they were like, finally, I get that cover that I've been looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you kind of feel like, you know, of the 43 Republican senators who voted to uh, acquit, that each one of them had their own special reason. For some of them, it was that, oh, it's unconstitutional uh, to even impeach a former president as they voted, you know, initially Mm -hmm. in the first vote that was ultimately they lost. Or it was, oh, it's the First Amendment. Or it was, like, it didn't really matter. They just needed a better buffet of cover and alibis for why Mm -hmm. they were going to vote the way they were. Um, But that's interesting that that even then they felt like, that the that the first day wasn't enough. When right. the second yeah. day was just like um fight montages and like <laughs> LM demonstrator, you know, like 
so what they needed a pretense it seems like they needed a pretense of a defense they couldn't yeah. they actually couldn't just have the 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 barking seal eating fish that's what it right. seemed like to me and the thing that re was really kind of striking because if you watched if you're a crazy person like me and watched the whole week every hour um the house and people managers the videos they showed right very emotional they showed us things we hadn't seen before like mitt romney being this close um to that mob the same mm. thing with chuck schumer you see chuck schumer having to run which i never thought i'd have to see chuck schumer like running away he's like yes. running away from the mob and so it's like emotional people were shaken because these were not only the judge and the jury but also witnesses and victims um yeah. who were there on january 6th um and then you have this video of montage of the word fight as if anyone was saying just saying the word fight was the problem like that was never an argument that the house impeachment managers were making yeah and they did this one was like just elizabeth warren for like a long time <laughs> and, someone, and just like if you paid attention during the primary she was always talking about policy right like she was the i have a plan for that woman so yeah. like the idea that her talking about fighting for a policy is the same thing that what happened on January 6th and before from President Trump. Just yeah. no, it's, it, 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 the look over their defense was exactly what was happening. Over Absolutely. There. The, the yeah. whataboutism that is yeah. so classic. And I just want to, you know, mention, and then I want to play a clip that this to me, as I was watching it was, it did feel important and it is important. Like it, it even if we knew the outcome, I, I'm very, um, hesitant to be fatalistic and cynical about literally everything because this was straight up an insurrection. It was like, what if they had killed Mike Pence? Yeah. Like yeah. how many would we got, would we have gotten like one or two more senators? Anyway, I know that's being cynical, but it's like, it is, it does feel like the grandiosity, the like what it does mean for the future of our politics, I think is really, um, is really significant. And so I want to play this one of the final pieces that, uh, House Manager Jamie Raskin um, presented to, to the Senate. The officer who got called the N-word 15 times and spent hours with his colleagues battling insurrectionists who had metal poles and baseball bats and hockey sticks, bear spray, and Confederate battle flags posed the right question to the Senate and to all of us. Is this America... Our reputations and our legacy will be inextricably intertwined with what we do here. Is this America, what kind of America will we be? It's now literally in your hands. And, and they fumbled it. They, they, they took it and they just rubbed it on their sweaty pits. <laughs> And that was it. That was America. This is this is this is America. I mean, this is actually an interesting point that he's made. Right. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I keep thinking about, and, and um, Congressman Raskin kind of talked about it a little bit or touched on it, is like, so what is impeachable? What would be like? How are future presidents going to look at the last four, well, two years with two impeachments and see? Okay, it looks like I can get away with you know, asking the Ukrainian leader to investigate my political opponents. I can do what happened on January 6th and before then. And so it's, Republicans are thinking about their electoral, you know, like what's going to happen to them in 2022 and 2024 and in, um, in elections. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they've been like sat down and really thought about 
how another president could use these kinds of things as precedent, right? Because that's what it is. It's like, these yeah. are things that I can now do. Um, and as long as I have just enough people to, you know, vote to quit, I'm good. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, and and it speaks to the actual implementation or, or like the impeachment in and of itself, like the process in and of itself, yeah. which in that's why everyone was saying, oh, this is the most bipartisan impeachment, you know, because seven Republicans voted with Democrats. And like you realize that it's fallen on party lines and that no president in the history of this country has actually been convicted of those crimes. Um, and seems like the final nail in the coffin for the idea of ever getting any kind of justice out of an impeachment process. Absolutely. I feel like it's like, this is it. And, and to me, it's two things. One, it's the two-party system, mm -hmm. which is completely hamstrung, no matter what. I mean, we think we're in a more divided time now, but clearly we we're not. And then number two is the Senate, the unrepresentative Senate that, uh, you know, not to, to remind everyone is like, is completely undemocratic. This is a this is a graphic. This is white power in in many ways because it's representing the amount of the white mi minority rule mm -hmm. um, that the Senate currently has with 15 states with 38 million people combined elect 30 GOP senators. Uh, California with 40 million residents elects two Democrats. Excuse me. By 2040, roughly 70% of the country will be represented by 30 senators. The remaining Americans who are disproportionately whiter, older, and more rural will have 70 senators. So 30 senators to 70 senators. That's why this graphic is saying, uh, you know, calling it white power, calling it, you know, others call it white minority rule. That it's also exposing just how bankrupt and of, of a democratic institution the Senate is. I don't know, Eugene, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think something like when you talk to people who really study this, they're really concerned about it, right? Because the point of sending people to Washington, D.C. is for them to do things for the people, the, the majority of the country. Yeah. And when that's not when you look at a graphic like that, that doesn't seem like something that could even possibly happen. Right. Um, when you look at numbers as stark as that, because, you know, how maybe we will, you know, the three of us will be around in 2040 and see how this shapes up right like see how how this actually comes down and congress has had chances over the years and not just during the trump presidency during the obama presidency during bush to kind of like stake their claim on being a co-equal branch of government right mm -hmm. and holding presidents accountable and not just kowtowing because they're part of the same party um and both democrats and republicans have failed in this instance um of doing that over and over and over again and so they may have, they're going to have their 100 senators, their five, you know, their 538 members of the House. However, they're just going to basically be doing what the president says, right? So, like, so you have this conversation about um, what is, what is the balance of power? What does that mean? And it's, it's going, I, I, I don't want, I don't like to make predictions, but it doesn't feel like it's going to get better soon, right? Like, it, yeah. it feels like that's, like, it's not, it's not going to, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and, and it, not that we're like, I'm not trying to draw this through line, but we were earlier talking about the ways that the con that conservatives feel persecuted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you see a map of the Senate like that and you see these predictions for the kinds of representation that conservative voices will have and already have in 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 D.C. And it's like, I I mean, literally, what are you talking about? You You have to massively dupe people into thinking that they are embattled. Just like, you know, racism dupes people into thinking that, you know, white people are embattled. 
when in fact on paper and in power that's not the case you know well, i mean trump trumpism as a as a as a political theory right yeah. is the politics of contempt is the politics of like victimhood mm-hmm. like someone's taking something from me stealing something from me um someone's doing something to, to me and that is like president trump didn't make that up former president trump didn't like make that up right he didn't yeah. create the politics of contempt but he was the only person on those that that very big debate stage in 2016 for Republicans to say, I can benefit off of this in a way that I didn't think so, right? Everyone else was 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 not ready to flirt with that because of what happened with the Tea Party. And Republicans were still having issues thinking about what happened with the Tea Party and how the right had taken over the Republican Party. But President Trump had had no issues with doing that and casting, you know, people who, you know, may not actually be victims as the victims of, you know, black and brown people in this country. Yeah. I want to ask you about the witnesses kerfuffle and um, Representative Raskin defended the House impeachment manager's decision to not call witnesses to make this a very short trial. Um, and they were hounded on Twitter for it. Right. They were hounded by a lot of folks. You know, people are like, ah, oh, Democrats just really love to lose, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what is your take on that whole witnesses um, thing? And, and if you can explain sort of what happened. Yeah, yeah. What a weird, it was like two hours of, of like not sure what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. So there was this call that Kevin McCarthy, um, the Republican leader in the House, mm-hmm. had with President Trump on January 6th. And in that call, um, he was trying to tell President Trump, like, you need to do something and tell these people to stop. They have Trump flags. They are your fans. Please stop them from coming to kill your vice president. <laughs> um, and President Trump said, this is Antifa. And Kevin McCarthy said, they're not. And President Trump replied back, I think something along the lines of, well, they care more about this election being stolen than you do. Um, And they went back and forth and Kevin McCarthy shared this with other people. And so a Congresswoman the night before, so Friday, kind of Mm -hmm. released a statement explaining that she had this call, this conversation with Kevin McCarthy. So they wanted to subpoena her. Um, So that she was saying that she heard from Kevin McCarthy and who did she tell? Did she issue a statement to the statement? She she issued a statement to like the world. She was like, you know, other people have heard this. And Kevin McCarthy has apparently been telling people about this call. Um, And something that's that was super fascinating is that like, you know, people could have said something a long time, like before this. And so she released (laughs) this statement kind of at the last minute. And so that morning we all wake up and, you know, it's a Saturday. You're kind of hoping that you're, it's, if you were expecting it to be over, the impeachment to be over. And so then they said that they want to call her as a witness, um, which would have been, which was a a complete about face because it was, we were expecting it to be over and they voted, it passed. But then there was like this confusion on procedural grounds. Like, what did we vote for? Which is just like Mm -hmm. a wild thing to watch grown people say like, Okay, I voted, but I'm not sure what I voted for. Like I always, yeah. like senators and pe- members of the House say that sometimes. I'm like, well, well, that feels like maybe you should have said something before you did the vote part of this. Um, and so okay, that's how I vote, right? <laughs> just like, who? What, what just go, it's, it's, the, it's the I yeah, like, the googling Brexit after yeah. you voted for Brexit. Yeah. Exactly. And so then they kind of went in, and apparently senators were kind of caught off guard. They didn't they didn't know if Jamie Raskin was going to you know, ask for this vote and say that they wanted to subpoena her. And so for a while, there was this like push and pull conversations happening between members of the um, GOP, the House impeachment managers and members of um, Democratic senators about Mm -hmm. how long this was going to be, the 
um, Trump the Trump impeachment lawyers were saying, we're going to call hundreds of lawyers, um, witnesses. We're going to call Nancy Pelosi. We're going to call the mayor of D.C. And they had this list. Jason Miller, one of President Trump's advisors, had this list oh, of like 300, oh, yeah. 300 names. Hog in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> like 300 uh, names. Yeah, big round circle face. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> and he was walking around with this list. And so the thing that really people should have remembered is that like the vote has to happen, right? Like the impeachment, the impeachment lawyers for President Trump couldn't just bring in people. Like they would have to vote on that and they don't have the numbers. Um, and they decided so they, not so to they, do that. So what you're saying is that the impeachment man, the um, sorry, the lawyers, Trump's lawyers, every witness would have had to been voted on as well. That is my understanding. Like there has to be kind of like a vote on witnesses. And that was one of the confusing things. Did we just vote on any witness or did we just vote on this one witness? And that was right. kind of like one of the conversations they were having. And so Democrats and members of the progressive left were like, holy crap. Like Democrats are like fighting, which is a complaint that you hear from progressive activists all the time, right? That Democrats don't fight enough. Mm -hmm. Except when you have, you know, you're watching impeachment and there's a video of them saying fight a lot. Right, 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 right. right. Was the problem, just to clarify. <laughs> just to clarify. They say it, but people felt like they weren't doing it. Yeah. Um, and then they came back and they were like, well, never mind. Because, you know, they senators really love um, their recess and they're on recess next week. They didn't want it to be more dramatic. And I also think, and the Biden um, folks, my, our sources are telling us like they not have a hand in this conversation at all. Mm -hmm. However, I do think like Senator Coons out of from Delaware, he's a friend of Biden's. I really think they wanted to make sure that Joe Biden is able to do something with the in the next few weeks, right? You have COVID relief. He has all these big, big things he wants to do. And you can't really do it when there's an impeachment trial, right? And so there are all these different calculations that different senators were making. And you know, the Biden agenda kind of won out on, right. on witnesses. But they really her statement was put into the record, but we already saw yes. it, so like it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They entered it into the record. I mean, I think that I just wanted to p bring up this Chris Coons from Politico. Yeah. This, this, uh, the word on the street is Senator Coons um, came into the manager's room uh, off the Senate floor uh, and wanted House Democrats to basically not call witnesses. The jury is ready to vote, Co Coons told managers. According to a senior House Democratic aide, people want to get home for Valentine's Day. <sighs> I know what a, I feel. So I think it feels like that was poorly worded. <laughs> Maybe you could have said it differently. Yeah, like, was, come on, who? It was, it was First of all, yeah. Word. Any of those people, who are they fucking? Let's be real. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The idea that any of them have sex is a lie. They're I'm mistresses. Go, go ahead. They're, no, but I do think that I, as much as I definitely, I, I guess what I think is I think the Democrats also don't fight. I don't think they play things out for politics. And I think that's to a detriment. They lose the optics often, you know, so it's yeah. a shame that this happened because I felt like they had the upper hand on the optics, which is, of course, because how the fuck do you not have the upper hand when the Republican Party incited a riot inside the Capitol building? So hard to lose that one. But I do think that, like, especially as progressives, we're so like, would they do one thing? And then we're like, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you do B? And then they do B and they're, why you do A? When they do A? And so I, I, I do feel like if it had drawn out another week, I'm not sure you could have gotten 10 more senators right. on exactly. board to actually vote to, uh, uh, to uh, convict. In fact, I'm sure you couldn't have gotten that. That would have just been to sort of have this 
moral underpinning throughout you know, the next couple of weeks where we consistently talk about how bad this was, which maybe that is a good thing to keep on talking about it, but you're absolutely right. It probably would have delayed this other much needed COVID aid, which I think as someone who really believes that Biden needs to get stuff done, if we're ever to prevent like future, you know, Trump's and or Trump himself from coming into office, like we got to get to work. Um, but so I was sort of divided on that. But I, I mean, Matt, and I know you were like mad about them not calling witnesses. Well, I mean, I, I was uh, annoyed by it because it was um, I was excited about it. Here's the thing. I like television. All right? You like the drama. It sounds like you like the drama. I love the drama. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and and yeah. unlike the, the last impeachment, I was very much there for this drama. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good. Like, this is, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, Top and shelf. I, I was interested in seeing... Um, the witnesses and then kind of like uh, you know in general i was kind of like okay so they're just deciding not to do this and throw in the towel i think what annoyed me was the excuse of well we want to get to work but first we're taking one week's vacation <laughs> yeah. and i was just like do yeah. these guys not it, like democrats might be the worst when it comes to optics uh, I, and and it, to me i just look at that and i go like can you vote to push the vacation a couple of weeks yeah. guys like yeah, this is have. it's just it's yeah, just to me have. so counterproductive yeah I mean, I they wanted, were really they were really worried they were going to lose those votes right like they had those they kind of knew that somebody was going to vote to convict and they wanted to make sure this was bipartisan um but then the you know there was there was another side as you're having this conversation you kind of brought this up francesca about this idea of this moral underpinning right is saying it wasn't just about President Trump. It was about like repudiating Trumpism, which really yeah. people didn't feel like happened in the election because it was a little closer than we kind of expected, even though there were like these flips, um, like in Georgia, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, when they were, t when the House impeachment managers were up there, they weren't just talking about President Trump. They were talking about all of the things that had happened in the Republican Party over the last four years. And I think they were hoping to drive that home, but not, yeah. without, not with no witnesses. You know, I definitely feel like we need a timeout. Like the, the the good thing about the impeachment was that it felt like a timeout and a breather and a taking stock of everything Trumpism mm -hmm. meant, like you're saying. Like when I was watching it, I felt like it, we were like exercising Trump from our political process. It was like this inventory this of everything that he's incited. It was like a, oh yeah, I had forgotten about that thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about how he relished in that, you know, brutality. Um, and, and it was necessary. Like, I felt like that's so necessary. And we could have, I mean, there is plenty of material to keep on going. Um, I get it that senators, you know, average age is like 85 or whatever, but like <laughs> they are tired. I understand that. But I do think that's why I'm torn is because I'm like, that would have been good television. It would have been dramatic. And it would have been this like massive taking stock. The problem is, is that the other side would have brought in like Melissa Carone to talk about how she found <laughs> votes in the bottom of her purse. You know right. what I mean? And like, which also would have been very entertaining. I'm here for it. You know, right. but or or like you know, or getting some police officer who was you know whose friend was killed in the line of duty to talk about how Black Lives Matter are is the real threat. Like we would have gone so far off topic. So anyway, yeah, but, but it shoulda, woulda, coulda, yeah. and and ultimately the result was the same. 
Yeah, I, I, to me, I think that is one of my main frustrations is I think we knew this going in. We knew that likely getting enough votes wasn't possible. Um, and But we also knew that not impeaching him for the most impeachable offense that I could think of in, in modern American history would be the wrong message to send. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, that they weren't going to get the votes anyway, to me, it just seemed weird to be like, well, this is kind of dragging on. So we're just going to stop here. And it's just like, yeah, we knew it was supposed to drag. That was the whole, this is all political theater and you can't stop in the middle of it and just be like, uh, um, you know, I know that the, uh, the show is getting really exciting, but uh, we got to go home. We want to go vacation. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, the other, the last thing I'll say is like, I think without the damning footage, without the never before seen footage of yes, Romney and Schumer running for their lives without the shit that was just right before our very eyes. Then I do think that witnesses would have been good. And of course I'm like, still, I'm fascinated to hear from some of these Capitol police officers, yeah. what yeah. it was like. Yeah. Um. So on that, I do think it was a miss, but I'm also like, the evidence was right there. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just so there. Anyway, like I said, if we could have a timeout, if we could have like a breather, a national like taking stock and then time in, I, I then that would be great. But we we're, we're in a really shitty moment as a country generally. You know? Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of this, this yeah. old Cat Williams sketch where he was saying it was he was like, do we have to marry a president immediately? Like, can we take a break? Can we just date a couple people like for a while? <laughs> take, a take a break, see how we like them. Um, because That's I think you're great. right. I mean, there was this, you know, the last four years for, I think for everyone, Republicans say this, everyone's, you know, Democrats, obviously, but like the last four years were exhausting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was exhausting for everyone. Like just the way the the fury at which things were being thrown at us, right? Mm -hmm. My phone has been so quiet. Like the yeah. tweet, like even just like the tweets, like literally, like it's just like, wait, should I check? And it's like, oh, you don't have to check it at three in the morning. You can just sleep, like a yeah. person. Um, yeah. And I think the like so the country is trying to figure out what normal looks like. Yeah. However, you have this thing that happened on January sixth, and Democrats are saying. We can't let that go. Right. right. We shouldn't let that go as a country. And we still have yet to have a good, healthy conversation about what happened on January 6th. Yeah. I said this after AOC did her um, her Instagram live, right, mm -hmm. where it just did not. We have not had that fulsome conversation. We definitely didn't have it, you know, this week during impeachment. I don't know if we ever will have it. But we have to, right? Because after 9-11, we had a conversation about that after what happened with Steve Scalise and the other re Republicans yeah. they were shot. Like, we have to stop and look at the things that are happening yes. um, so that we can fix them. And yes. And, and I mean, and again. same goes with COVID. I mean, this is the right. thing. Like, first of all, this... This is not the end. There could be a criminal trial, you know, uh, uh, and a, and there could be lawsuits um, from from those who died or family members from those who died in on January 6th um, pinning this on Trump. Like there could be I mean, his own lawyer was like, you take him to court yeah. as a criminal, right. not, yeah. not as a president. Well, and Don't get me wrong. He belongs in jail. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. Yes. Everyone was like, what? Excuse me. Um, Mitch McConnell did the same thing, right? He was like, take him to court. Take, yeah, was like, oh, yeah. but wait, don't. Okay, fine, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I wanted to play that actually because McConnell, in the most like fun house mirror, bizarro <laughs> world moment of the week, like minutes after yeah. the vote to acquit happened, and he voted to acquit, even though he said maybe he wouldn't before. Um, <laughs> 
said this on the on the Senate floor. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. The people who stormed this building believed they were acting on the wishes and instructions of their president. And having that belief was a foreseeable consequence of the growing crescendo of false statements, conspiracy theories, and reckless hyperbole, which the defeated president kept shouting into the largest megaphone on planet Earth. That was almost verbatim what house managers said. It was one of those moments when I had to like look at my notes when I was like doing the votes, and I was like, "Wait, he voted to quit, right?" Because like like, the speech didn't match at all with it. And you know, there are a couple things that a lot of people have pointed out. I point out, like people have pointed out. First of all, the constitutionality of the trial was voted Mm -hmm. on by the Senate, right? Whether you agreed with it or not, the body that you're a part of decided that it was constitutional, right? Mm -hmm. And so the leaning on whether or not it was constitutional after the vote was done and you lost, it was interesting. Um, (laughs) And most importantly, he was the guy when this happened and when right after the House voted to impeach that could have started the trial immediately. That was uh-huh. on him. He could have made that decision when he was majority leader. Would it have finished? I don't know. We got five days in, so it could have, right? It could have happened. We were running right into um, the inauguration of Joe Biden. But the idea that if anyone, I don't know who, but if anyone could have done this before Joe Biden was president, we should have done it. And it was like, but you you could have done that. But isn't it's- that part of when he did that? It was like his like we all knew there was some sort of Machiavellian reason in Mitch McConnell's, you know, like whatever waddle that he was, that, that drives him. And so, so that's how that quote continues, right? Is that he says, but it was actually unconstitutional, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, is ridiculous in a lot of ways because like what you just said, never really like dawned on me until the way you framed it, which was like, look, the body you, the body you represent, the body you're part of, voted and said it was constitutional. So then what? You can't just go back on the way you personally voted. You have to represent that body. Mm -hmm. That body represents the American people. Like, so like then your job is to be an impartial juror. Mm -hmm. You can't go back to that first vote. You know, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting point. And it's talk about putting party, I mean, country over party. That's what happened with Senator Burr, right? Like he voted that it was unconstitutional, but then he lost. And so he, and he said this in interviews afterward, he said, Mm -hmm. well, I lost. And so now I had to look at it on, based on the facts that were before us. And also the Congressional Research Service, which is like a nonpartisan um, organization that looks at different rules like this. Almost most, most, most of the constitutional experts said that this was constitutional, that you could do this. Right. And so, you know, the leaning on something that is no, it was like a very small number of people who were saying out of the Senate who were saying that it was, it wasn't constitutional. And so leaning on that is, you know, I don't, how history looks at that is going to be, is going to be fascinating. I mean, how history looks at a lot of this shit. I mean, where do you think, 
first of all, like beyond what his duty was or whatever, what do you think this means for Republicans? You're up in there. You, you, you're in DC and you see that the changing of the guards out with the, the tacky Trump Trumpers and in with a little less tacky Biden folk. <laughs> but like, how do you, what, what is the word on the, on the, in the street in the back halls as to what this means for the Republican party. Um, Lindsey Graham today just said, Lara Trump is the future of the Republican party. Nikki Haley, who came out and finally said that Trump went a bridge too far and that actually, you know, provoking an attack on the Capitol was bad. Um, you know, slow clap for Nikki Haley. They're having a moment here. Yeah. If, if that Nikki Haley story. So my colleague, Tim Alberta did a long, long piece. It's very long, you guys, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get into the minds of people who were dealing with this as it happened, he talked to her over the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, but the Republican Party is, and I hate this <laughs> term because it makes me think of like songs, like at a crossroads, right? Like it's like that Bones, Thugs and Harmony song. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so it's not as fun as the song, but they yeah. really are, right? Like you have after January 6th, there was a moment, there were a few moments where the Republican Party was ready to turn their back on President Trump, right? Mm -hmm. there was, they were ready to move on. They said he had done too much. Mitch McConnell, in his speech then, you know, said, like, this is ridiculous. President Trump has something to do with this. Kevin McCarthy ended up saying the same thing. But as the week started going on, everyone started going back in their corners, right? Mm -hmm. And Republicans, you had this larger wing of the Republican Party that... They're scared about what's going to happen. President Trump and his family and his his allies have been promising to primary every single person, mm -hmm. right? Like it's this idea of revenge in 2022 and whenever whatever year they're up um, for re-election in the House and the Senate, um, and they are terrified of that. They are they are scared. And when you talk to some of the Republicans, especially the ones who voted to impeach in the House, mm -hmm. you know they talked about needing security. They talked about like the death threats that they're getting. That does not make other people get brave, right? Like when you hear about more someone who did something contrary to the leader of your party getting death threats, that doesn't get you excited to do the same thing. And yeah. so they're making all these different political calculations, electoral calculations, personal safety calculations, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is kind of wild to think about, right? You have the leader of their party who is... is not saying to his people, do not do this to people. Don't make these threats. Don't don't tell people you're going to hurt them because they voted to impeach me. Right? He, he kind of revels in in this revenge, and he has this pack that has raised tens of millions of dollars, and he's going to use that money and travel around the country during the primary season, um, primarying all types of people. Those seven, you know, those seven people that voted um, to convict, the ones that are up, and whenever they're up. Um, they're probably going to get the same thing in those 10 in, ten in the House. You should be sure that they're going to get a primary um, from further on the right. And so the Republican Party is dealing with how do you deal with a president in this? This hasn't happened before. They've No yeah. other president's kind of like been hanging around, kind of owning the party, right? They just yeah. go do their library or whatever. But President Trump has promised to come back and run in 2024. And so- yes. How can they do anything but do what he says? Because for the last four years, Republicans, if, if you said anything against President Trump and the Republican Party, it was like, you're disloyal, you have to go, you can't be in the party. So how do you run a primary if he's in it? How do you even yeah. think about Nikki for Nikki Haley, for Ted Cruz, for Marco Rubio, who wants to run for president again? How do they even do it, right? Yeah. How can you even do it if President Trump says he's going to run? Yeah, I mean, they, they're cowards. They're cowards. And they're, they're cowards for two reasons. One, they have no moral center. 
they're cowards, but they're cowards because they're literally scared for their lives. I mean, I've said this on the damage report um, tomorrow morning uh, and, but I, I'll say it again that like, it is only a matter of time as a Republican before it is hang, insert your name, hang Mike Pence, hang blank, hang like, like, like you, there's no amount of sycophantism or tree or whatever the last, whatever the suffix of that is. Yeah. I mean, be, before your name and you're, you know, you're the one everyone's going to call for, because if you have, if you step out of line at all, yeah. With this insane, dumb Hitler, right? This just <laughs> this stupid Nazi, then then like they're gonna try and primary you. I have I have different thoughts about whether that could win, like whether or not truly Trump uh cares about anyone besides himself, um, or even his family. He doesn't give a fuck about his family. But Matt, do you want to step in? Well, they could have um, you know, if they're worried about Trump running in 2024, they could have uh fucking convicted him uh and impeached his ass like convicted him in the impeachment disqualified, and disqualified him, from him from running, running again and here's the thing it seemed like a perfect perfect solution for them it seems like a perfect solution i i don't understand it and and you could say sure well they're still worried about their jobs about being primaried it's a shitty job just go to the private sector <laughs> like these guys are acting like like it, like money isn't all they care about and yeah sure they care about power and they care about looking good at the cafeteria in the capital or whatever wherever these you know <laughs> slugs hang out but like <laughs> but i i just to me like i i will never understand i don't think ever will understand people's insistence that they uh that them losing an election is somehow this like career ending in uh, like injury like okay yeah. so you get primaried big fucking deal write stand, a book stand up for your, but also stand up for yourself if you get primaried then there are a few rep uh, representatives in congress republican representatives mm -hmm. who are trying to carve a, a line out trying to articulate yeah. something different I think that's good. I think that's important. I want to move on to our final segment, Eugene. It's so late for you, and I so appreciate you staying up on this Valentine's of Day. Of course. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're great. You're so insightful, and I'm really, Thank really you. happy to have you on. Um, and our final segment, looking into 2024, this is My Sources Say. I love the music that comes with each of the, the little acts. Yeah, that's that's great. Ke Kevin McLeod. <laughs> So you sort of dug into this, Eugene, about 2024, but this is the question. There's already been folks uh, pandering some pretty unpopular thoughts out there about how it doesn't matter if Trump runs again in 2024, he'll be defeated handily. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We, we've heard that before, right? Yeah. We heard that in 2016. Yeah. I, I mean, these guys, it's like they've all just taken, they've all taken like forget pills and they're just like, well, nothing happened in 2016. Trump is not a threat. Yeah. It's anyway. So what are you, what are your thoughts on t the year 2024? Um, the next, who's going to mount a challenge to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris? I, so, <laughs> so on the Democratic side, right? Like we're, we've kind of all been waiting with bated breath trying to, as reporters, to hear what's going to happen with Joe Biden, right? Mm -hmm. He is the oldest president in history that is, you know, to be inaugurated. Uh -huh. um, he always said he was a bridge. Yeah. A bridge to what? Um, I, we assume Kamala Harris, who's his vice president, right? Um, right? But when you talk to his aides, they push back 
on any kind of insinuation that he's not going to run again because automatically he's a lame duck, right? You have four years of lame duck, so he has to at least seem like he's super interested in doing that. If not, you know, Kamala Harris is going to run. Um, there's probably a, there's probably a, some very progressive people who will run that are younger. I mm-hmm. think it'll continue to be like a super diverse, um, not as big as twenty as it was this over twenty whatever it was on um, this past year because that was that was a lot. Um, yeah. And on the Republican side, it is like I said, it was it was like when Hillary Clinton hadn't said if she was going to run or not in 2016, so everybody was kind of like waiting, you know, like they're just like trying to see if they can come out the, off the blocks. And when she did, you know, basically you just had. You had Bernie, who was a surprise of that, you know, mm-hmm. that did so well. But then you had like Martin O'Malley, and I, I am blanking on the other gentleman. I'm sorry, sirs, but yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Was it, was it Chafee? Lincoln Chafee? Lincoln Chafee, guy? Lincoln Chafee, and um, I'm not even It doesn't matter. Here yeah, we yeah. go. It, and so, like, that is kind of what's happening, right? Until President Trump like really says he's going to run, all the people who want to, the Nikki Haley's, the Josh Hawley's, the Ted Cruz's, the Marco Rubio's, maybe people like Ben Sass who voted um, mm-hmm. to convict President Trump, right? And and has been talking very sternly about President Trump and Trumpism and what happened on January 6th. So both the Republican part is going to be the most interesting story of 2024, I think, because that primary is going to be either they're going to completely embrace Trumpism as like the the defining um, definition of what their party means, or um, they will try to exercise it out of the party and, and mm-hmm. whether that works or not is. So, but you definitely think he's going to try and run again. 2024. It's- I think he likes the attention, like sources, like the people, my sources say, um, (laughs) that that he, that he really wants to stay a part of the conversation. You're much more interesting as a possible presidential candidate than you are as a former president. Right. Like when was the last time someone did an interview with George W. Bush? Right, it's been a very long time. I mean, um, he was a pariah until Trump, and everyone's like, "I guess he yeah. wasn't now people the worst. now people are hugging him." Right, yeah, and now so, people are buying his paintings. Right, <laughs> lots of paintings, exactly. And so um, they are torn. It depends on who you talk to. Sometimes they say he's really he really wants to run, yeah. um, but there are other times when I I think what I've been told is if President Biden does a good job, if 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 Joe Biden has he has very high approvals right now. Um, if he has higher approvals going into 2024 and it looks like the country is doing well, mm-hmm. it seems like President Trump will stay out of it because like, what do you say to that? Right. Um, right. And he won't he won't run, but he wants to stay a part of that conversation. So it's going to seem like he's going to run up until those kind of like the last minute, even if he doesn't. That's why we need this covid relief. So the recession doesn't hit us as hard as it would have in Trump's wake of fucking death and destruction. Matt Lieb, what do your sources say about 2024? Oh, um, my sources have told me um, quite explicitly that um, uh, we're not making it to 2024. (laughs) (laughs) It's very possible, Matt. I mean, we're talking about not just like the fall of the empire here, (laughs) but we're talking about the fall of the climate. We're talking about super volcanoes going on. I mean, I just... The idea of, of knowing anything that's going to happen in the next six months, six let alone months, the next four years, Three I'm just months. like, who knows? Am dude? I going outside again? Yeah. I don't know. I know. I just like, at, at this point, I'm just like, every day is a gift, you know? I'm just <laughs> like, 
You said that very ungratefully. Oh, every day is a gift. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, a I'm gift like he did not want like a gift. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, some gifts are socks, you know, and every day we're getting 2021 a, is just like, yeah, a pack of socks. A pack of socks. And I'm like, well, at least my feet are warm. I don't know what to tell you. you Sometimes know? socks are good. That's all like we Even can't ugly get socks. Yeah. We can't get too as long choosy. As there's, there's no holes in it. That's a sock. Right. So, Solid even stock. one hole is fine. You can't have yeah, a lot. Yeah. One hole. I see you guys are in agreement about the sock. A, a hole on the wheel, I can handle it. I'm gay, but I'm gay, but I'm still a man, right? We're still like gross. <laughs> like a like a like a holy sock is sock. I still have plenty of those happening. Yeah. <laughs> one hole is that's that's totally fine. That's I fine. could see someone like in my sources say 2024 is Ivanka. Oh yeah. Like I, I could see her very much running. Um, oh, and I could see she would be our first so many Jewish people. female president. Oh, God. And as a Jew, oh, God. that makes me want to throw up. It, she's, up she's also super interested in the Florida governor's race, just so to throw uh -huh. that out there. Oh, um, I thought it was the senator. I thought she was going to give Marco Rubio a little run. You're right, Senator. Sorry. There we go. Yeah, no, no, no worries. I just. I'm very excited. I know it's late for you. And I'm very excited for her to give Marco Ruby for a run, a run for his seat. And I'm excited to see like Ted. I'm excited to see Texas finally turn blue. Maybe one day. I don't know. I'm too hopeful because uh, fuck that guy, Ted Cruz. Oh, never wanted to see someone unemployed so badly in my life. Like Ted Cruz, just not being in power. Just it's the only thing that'll get me through this year. Yeah. What about <laughs> this? Is this going to get you through this year? This is Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz's um, Joe Dirt haircut. It's a quarantine haircut. We're all having a whole different hairstyle nowadays. If you're listening as a podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, someone just took a folder up to the side of his head and buzzed around. <laughs> or I don't, or buzzed I don't know. I don't know how going. it actually happened. Definitely a stencil took place. My God. It's hard to say. That it's is hard to say. That is really Impeach disgusting. that shit, dude. <laughs> Use the Fourteenth Amendment. I don't know even know if we can, but I'm gonna look into it. Um, I'll get on the business case. in the front, Tea Party in the back. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, solid B plus. <laughs> Eugene Daniels, thank you so much for being here. How can people find your work? Thank you so much at Eugene Daniels too. I'm always tweeting. Um, playbook, political playbook comes out every single day. I know that seems crazy oh because God. it is. They make us work all the time. Talk, call them, help us. Um, and on our website, political.com. Where can we, it's playbook is a show we can watch on YouTube, right? Playbook is sometimes there's things on, on the show, but right now it's a newsletter. Um, mm. so pol political.com black back. I almost said black. Now that I'm on it, black slash <laughs> playbook. Excellent. <laughs> um, and that's where you can find it. And every day we're writing something new, giving you scoops and insight. Right. No more Ben <laughs> Shapiro, please tell, tell your people. <laughs> <laughs> Response. <laughs> uh, all right, Eugene, be well, take care. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. Oh my God, thanks for sticking around on this Valentine's Day evening. Yeah, um, you spent you it with us. And technically that means you've had a romantic date love. with us. Yes, we've made love. This is this is as romantic as this gets. Uh-huh, we have dim sum coming. We do. Shinyan Kwila. Shinyan Kwila, bruh. Thank you to Rebecca Roofer, the pro our producer, Kelly Carey and Dorsey Shaw on the other side of YouTube. And you know what, you guys? We also have fun moments in politics. And all the while, there's been a 
there have been confirmation hearings for Biden's nominees. And sometimes you get a fun little gem like this one when whoever the hell this dude's name is, man of the South. Oh, Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> was grilling Neera Tandon, who is uh, Biden's uh, director of the Office of Management and Budget. Yeah. And famed Twitter troll. Famed Twitter troll who especially loves to punch left at Bernie and any Bernie followers. Mm -hmm. uh, he said this to Nira. You know, it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets. And it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. I mean... You call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. That is not. That is not true. And when <laughs> he's not ignorant, but he does love quite a lot mm -hmm. all people. The ninety-nine percent yeah. of us. Yeah, not he's me, us. Not exactly. Are you willing to fight for someone who doesn't look like you? Well, Bernie is because he is a slut. <laughs> I love slut Bernie. This is a new meme. It's him with mittens, but also with like a ball gag in his mouth. Slut Bernie. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, remember, become a Patreon, patreon.com slash bituation room. You can tip the show TBR dash live, TBR live on Venmo or TBR live on cash app, TBR dash live on Venmo. Remember, fuck the patriarchy, fight the power and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye. Bye.